You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, angels. Welcome to episode 57 of the Freud's Angels podcast. We are very excited for you to be here today. And we're going to talk about something that is probably coming up for a lot of people right now. What is that, Amy? (laughs) Something that's always coming up for me. Um, (laughs) Understanding our reactions to existing in a group space. and you know, in many of its facets, because I think it comes from um, a lot of different ways and avenues. And um, some of it's just, we just are just naturally anxious around group situations. Some of us have had trauma in group situations. And I don't mean like, you know, like harmful trauma, but emotional trauma. Um, And, you know, some of us from the pandemic, I mean, we were quarantined for almost a year, if not a year. And then we're expected to go back to normal life and be in group situations. And, and there's, that's not feeling great. Some of us, especially if you have that little empathy, the empath problem, it's like, Ooh, there's a lot of energy that I have not been around. (laughs) I know. I know. And I feel the same way. It's like, Oh gosh, my black tourmaline isn't big enough. It's like I yeah. get one a rock and hang it around my neck. Right, like make one of those, uh, what's her name, Flintstone necklaces. Yes, yes. <laughs> black tourmaline, giant baubles of it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, and I think that, you know, like it's a good topic, you know, because of the, t- the pandemic thing too. But I think it's also something that a lot of people don't quite understand as as like a thing, you know, like I think people take things personally or, you know, they kind of decide negative things about themselves because of not wanting to be in group situations. And I don't know, I just think it's important to kind of tear that apart and see, you know, what might be trauma from previous situations and what might just be like personality so that you can work with it different, you know, and, and, and just either way, come to an acceptance that brings you to some more mindful uh, experiences going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you hear anything, friends, my cat has decided that playing with my blinds is her new favorite thing to do. So if you hear something crash or (laughs) her meowing, trying to hang on to the curtain, like it's for her dear life, this is what's happening in my real life right now. And I'm trying not to pay attention to her, but I'm fearful that she's going to take down the whole curtain. So sorry for that little interruption, but I wanted to warn you because in case this happens, anyways. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, I mean, I think, I think, you know, it's as, as always, our personal experiences is important to bring in because it helps people understand, you know, where we're coming at when we come with the information, you know, um, and it's always a good place to start and, um, yeah. I mean, do you want to start with? I could start. Okay. I, I, I have a little bit of everything. Okay. I think I have feelings. Um, well, let's talk about the idea of group trauma. And what does that mean? I don't mean like huge physical, like major something happened to me. I was beat up. I was something not that kind of kind of big T trauma, but trauma enough that when I'm in a situation where there's more than just me and another person, mm-hmm. I can begin to feel and I, what my natural inclination is, is to step back and, and not be a part of the conversation, not be a part of the, you know, kind of be there, but, you know, very, a very silent part of the group. And you, if you add more people on top of it, I, I kind of go even further back. And the reason that this happens is because growing up, I was never a popular kid, which is fine, which is, I accept now. Um, but when I was in a group of girls, I would begin to 
you know, I would interact with them. Like I, my friend and I would join a group. We would join it. We would, you know, hang out at the playground, whatever, but slowly, because I was the unpopular kid and the easiest picked out of the group. If something were to happen, I would be like, one of the girls would target me and make fun of me, start outing me, start pushing me out of the group and making me feel like, you know, I wasn't accepted or wasn't part of it. And so when it came to group situations, I always had that fear. It created this fear around being in group situations. So like I struggled even in, even in, I, I see how, you know, it affected me even, I mean, in high school, I was, a, I was part of a cheerleading squad, like, and I can see how it affected me in that situation too. I mean, even when I was captain, it was like, I could see myself kind of either being overly aggressive or not at all, like really stepped back, really reserved, really kind of not out there doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that, that kind of experience, I'm aware of it now. So when I get into situations like, you know, we decided to, you know, invite Ayla to be a part of Freud's Angels in some capacity and and I really, you know, to be very honest, I knew what was going to happen. You know, I knew, I knew what could happen, not what was going to, but what it could happen. Yeah. You know, I could begin to step back and, and my forward role. I mean, me and Vanessa, we're very forward out here. We're very like, here we are, you know, here are all the words here they come. <laughs> so, and I would have just begin to kind of start to retreat a little bit and hermitage and, and kind of just go into this space of stepping back further and further. So I wouldn't be at risk at being made fun of being outed. Not that Vanessa and Ayla would do any of that, but that doesn't, that's something that my brain still exists in that, yeah. that it's a possibility. That's so, safe, right. Like I won't be hurt if I do it first. Right. So what happened, you know, in, in the situation, I had to talk with, you know, Vanessa, because we are essentially the original Freud's angels. And I don't want this. I don't want it to be, this, I don't want it to be derailed by me and, and some of what I'm experiencing. So I immediately was like, okay, I need you to call me out when you experience this about me. Like when you experience me starting to retreat, I need you to kind of call me out and say, what's happening. I, I feel you're not part of the, the, the group mix anymore. And, and I'm worried and, you know, and just to kind of let me know that that's what I'm doing because it's all subconscious. I mean, yeah. and so I know that now and I'm aware of it. So I do actively try things to actively prevent myself from being able to retreat into my shell. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, that experience, because I mean, there's a reason why I'm choosing to homeschool my daughter. And it's exactly that experience of just kind of how cruel the world can be and how I don't believe in the whole like, oh, well, that's how you learn to be tough. I'm like, no, that's how you learn to have trauma that you talk about in therapy. <laughs> like, I know because people talk to me about it in therapy and I'm trying really hard not to do that. You know, trying to, to you know, have a healthy dose of needing to, you know, experience some stuff, but not have to at the expense of your emotional feelings and the, at the expense of your confidence, you know, and I think a lot of people can just relate to that. And as we talk about what we learn when we're little tiny babies, little tiny children sticks with us because those are our first experiences with that. They become core memories. They become, you know, written on the slate of this is how it is, or this is how you exist, or this is your role, you know, any number of ways that you need to put it so that you understand that you it's a learned behavior that this is what happens to you when there's a lot of people yeah I mean I think a lot of people can totally relate to that and on my end I think it's kind of been like I've always been like loud and out there just because it's who I am but I feel like it's expected of me so group situations can be difficult for me because I kind of sometimes want to be quiet and once people get to know me, it's like, if you're quiet, there's something wrong. And so, okay. And then you add in that I'm a therapist and I love being a group therapist. It's like, I lead that too, you know, and, and it just becomes that role. And I don't like to do that sometimes. A lot of times I don't, I really sometimes just want to exist and be quiet <laughs> and listen, or only put a little bit here and there. And, and that seems to be you know, something that I don't think I really ever thought about 
until during this, you know, this, this quarantine and having to come back into the world and having people want to do things and being like, like just having that immediate reaction of, I don't think I want to do that. Why? What is wrong with you? Like you like friends, you like people. And it's just kind of that felt like pressure. Like, oh, well now you have to like be, you have to be on. And I don't want to be on. I want to just exist and be on sometimes and be off sometimes and have it not affect other people. So that's that thing that I have to work through now is to be like, well, what is, how did that happen? How do I change that within myself? Because I'm sure that's not it. I'm sure like, I don't have groups of friends that are like, let's invite Vanessa. She, she can entertain us. <laughs> Well, but no. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, back in the day in my, you know, my, my life rebellion days, I'm sure that there was some of that <laughs> entertainment kind of value. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's a whole, and that's another view of it. And I'm sure there's tons of other views and tons of other experiences that people are having right now when it comes to this. And we, you know, I think it's a good, topic to start to explore even for us I mean I think that we'll find as we go through this podcast that there are different ways that groups affect people and you know different coping mechanisms that people can use um but also uh I've I've been reading this book called Quiet and it has a subtitle I don't know what it is it's by Susan Cain and one of my friends who myself she's a self-proclaimed introvert and I believe her um, recommended it to me because I was telling her about like, Hey, I don't think I'm an extrovert. (laughs) Like, I think I'm like, like to be by myself. And I feel like pressured to be an extrovert. And it's a great book because that's what it's all about. It's about the American culture, trying to change personality and that whole, you don't fit in to the big, bold, be yourself world. And again, like a whole other facet, right? Like now we're talking about like having to exist in group spaces and be big about it and all of that. So yeah, long story short, big round story. I think this is a good topic for us to jump into. Yeah, absolutely. Because then you can, you know, if you, if you maybe didn't have any childhood or maybe you don't have any kind of deep rooted moments that have caused you to you know, be anxious in a group situation, it could be um, just that being in a group situation causes you anxiety because you're the type of person that connects to others' energies really well. Sure. Um, you know, and, and so when you're in public and in a group situation, you're constantly bombarded by this massive amounts of frenetic like energy. And even if you're just in public, that can happen. I mean, you go in a grocery store and we're not really on top of each other, but the fact that there's other people in that store creates this sense of, I'm like, I need to get my stuff and get out. Um, And I think that over the pandemic, you know, over the time of quarantine, it really took a lot of our resilience to that type of energy. It damn, it, it diminished it. So, you know, I mean, I think that in some ways, like we lost some of our resiliency to that type of energy because we didn't have to spend time with them. Yeah. And it was nice because we didn't, I didn't have the exhaustion that apparently comes with having to combat that or having to understand that. And, and, um, you know, just even just that alone, the energies that we pick up on. And, and I think it's, you know, it also hits our sensitivities, right? Like it hits our trigger buttons, what we're, what we're, uh, what is a trigger button is going to be triggered by the idea that there's other people around just that. Like, even if I don't think that anybody's really looking at my hair, I'm, co- I'm self-conscious of my hair when I walk into a space of another person. So I'm already in that energy. I'm going to find that energy. I'm going to feel that energy because I'm already there, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a whole bunch of practice that we with a whole bunch of out of practice that we are. But I think, too, you know, there's a lot of work to be done knowing that that space exists, you know, is, is like, OK, well, what was I doing before? Like, how was I shielding? Was I shielding very well, you know, or was I still absorbing and, and you know, was it all shielding or was it absorbing good? 
you know, or was it good headspace versus not good headspace or was it trained personality? And now I have kind of gone deeper and found myself. And now this is like a new existence in the world. So I have to readjust completely. (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, what I think too, is that sometimes we may not have realized our sensitivity. We may have chalked it up as something else. We may have thought that it's because of something else that you're feeling that way when really you're feeling the anxiety of being in a group situation, but not attributing it, it to that. Sure. Sure. And I think it starts, I mean, there's so many ways that it starts, but again, like to go back to the school experience, you know, um, I, a lot of times when I think of social anxiety or even when I'm, you know, talking to somebody about social anxiety, I, I kind of ask questions about like, well, what was it like in school? Because again, you know, when you're kind of an introverted and a lot of us kids, once we get to a certain age of like understanding that people evaluate people, you know, it's like you get self-conscious because you know that people are probably evaluating you and, and you're correct, which as we grow to be adults, adults aren't evaluating each other as much unless they're in a bad space. But anyway, like things like reading aloud in class, you know, like it's such an evaluation moment when you're sitting there like, oh God, I have to do this perfectly or somebody might laugh at me and then I'm going to feel like a stupid person and oh my gosh, and I don't know all the words and vocabulary and just kind of like that anxiety that you get of knowing that you're going to be evaluated in any way. Add on presentations, right? You're standing up in front of the class where you are a hundred percent being evaluated, (laughs) right? Like it's knowledge that you are being evaluated and that your grade rides on whether or not you can be extroverted and give this presentation. I mean, these are pathways that are being formed in our brains that stay with us forever. And the belief system that comes from that is like, oh my God, you know, like I, I think it's something that a lot of people are aware of. Like if you're an anxious person and I've had many, like, anxiety is has been my friend and my enemy many times but I go back to those experiences and I can remember them very very clearly I can remember like Spanish class Spanish I can never freaking learn even though I took it for a hundred years just the anxiety of like that plus that in the back of my head like when are you going to actually learn Spanish I can't believe you still can't do it you know like all these negative things that are going in there it's all that anxiety of having to do something because I'm going to be evaluated on it. And it just becomes a belief that no matter where we are, we're going to be evaluated in one way or another and that it's detrimental. And also being afraid of the group judgment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. because we don't get get that, that validation that we should when we're in school, we don't get that protection that we should when we're in school, you know, to be able to say, you know, like, Hey, it's fine. Like you might not be a good teacher is going to say like, you might not be interested in what this person is saying, but they worked really hard and you're going to listen. Right. right? And that's it. And we're not going to make comments. And if you do, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have repercussions because it's not respectful, you know, like those kind of things to build up that feeling of, yes, everybody's not going to like me. Yes. Everybody's not going to like the content of what I'm talking about but somebody might, and it's important to speak anyway. It's like, ugh. <laughs> True. I, it's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I hated school. Yeah. Was because, you know, I was allowed to be bullied, yeah. you know, in class and out of class. So, you know, it's yeah. kind of like a, a space of um, just, I don't know. I, school was very that for me it was very traumatizing in a sense of my self-esteem and who I was and my value um, which is why I skipped most of my junior and my senior years because I wasn't safe and comfortable and I had a way out so I left absolutely yeah uh, but and I think for a lot of people I think the school institution system has come so far from being helpful that again this is why I'm I'm really choosing not to bring my child into that situation, at least now, who knows about when her, when she's, you know, got a stronger sense of self and all of that kind of stuff. But for now, it's like, I don't want that distraction. I don't want those pathways to be formed because it's not a safe place for many people. There's not enough, there's not enough teachers to be able to see everything that's happening, to see the bullying, 
there's not enough people believing the people who are being bullied and I'm just not into it because it's not good for everyone it's not it's not what it began as you know like it's it's just definitely gone off the rails and it's gotten to the point that even you know bringing my daughter to the park there's a certain park I won't go to because the kids there are mean and I don't know if it's like that that area is I don't know what it is, but the kids are mean. They won't play. They'll play games like, you know, stay away from the person they don't know. And it's just mean. It's exclusive and I'm not into it. And that's not how we operate in our house. I don't want her to learn that behavior. I want her to have that pain at such a young age that she will start to form her personality around the evaluation of people on a playground. I mean, that's so sad to think about, but it happens every day. Happens every day. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's, I think that that's, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that situation up because I don't know if sometimes we realize how much our school career attributes to how we deal with group situations. Absolutely. Um, and, and then you step into the idea, there are many of us who don't do groups because we just have general anxiety. Um, and maybe even some mental health issues. I mean, some people who have autisms or, you know, some other, you know, mental diagnosis that they can't handle groups because it's too many variables for them. Um, if you look at people with PTSD, like having too many people in a room is too many points of danger that they can't necessarily cope with. So then they become highly anxious and then, you know, and then they either have to leave or they freak out in the situation um, or explode in some type of way. Um, so yeah, there's many different, different reasons. So how do we go about Vanessa working? What tools do we use to help combat the idea of, you know, this unsafety and, and the group mentality? What, what do we do? Well, I mean, like anything, you know, and it's different for every person, but like anything we go within really, and just kind of get to that belief system and come to some of these, you know, some of these places of, you know, that realization, right? Like that you just had, it's like school was not safe for me because people didn't keep me safe there. Not because like, it wasn't safe for me because I didn't belong. You know, it was whatever. And kind of going through all of those experiences sometimes can really reprogram and like what we do as adults, trying to put people's thoughts, words, and whatever back on themselves instead of holding on to them, we rewrite those stories. You know, what is the story we can tell ourselves as an adult with more critical thinking? What's the story I can tell myself about when somebody giggles when I'm reading? Maybe I said the word funny. And I didn't think it's funny because I was in like such high anxiety, but maybe I would have thought it was funny if somebody else read it you know, just because it sounded funny, you know, it's not making fun of you. Or if it was making fun of you, what's wrong with that person that they have to point at somebody else? You know, that's not your worth. How could that be your worth reading out loud? How could that be your worth? You know, just kind of rewriting some of these, these stories. And then, you know, I think it's worth going into positive experiences and seeing what, what is positive, what feels positive, what have been those experiences that were good. You know, we tend to forget those as well. Um, that it, it be, it becomes like, I never do well in groups. Okay. Well, maybe sometimes you do, maybe it's a group of five, you know, and that groups of 10 are too much, or maybe it's groups of three are too much because it's too easy to have two and one but it's okay if there's seven because there could be four and three and it's all good. And you know, there's, it's okay. Nobody feels left out. Nobody feels like, Hey, they have four people. We have three in this conversation. Like we don't feel that way the same way that we do if we feel like a third wheel, you know um, just kind of awareness is really, you know, big for our today, you know, so we go back and we rewrite stories from the past. We hit our awareness of today and kind of just kind of think about what is comfortable for the future and start planning out life that way. Once you become an adult, you can choose. I mean, certain things like at work, maybe you can't choose, 
but you can choose how to exist. You can choose how to prepare. You can choose, you know, you can kind of, with that awareness, I think everything is easier, right? Like if we're aware of what the anxiety is coming from, if we're aware of that root, we can apply those tools in those moments. But if I don't know if your root is based in, you know, you have trouble reading versus, you know, you don't like your voice (laughs) versus you feel sweaty, you know, like what are the reasons for your anxiety? What are the things that happen that make you feel extra in those moments? Um, You know, just kind of taking apart everybody's going to be different because it's all about your own specific situation and experiences. But once we can understand them, it's a hell of a lot easier to go forward you know, like me understanding like, hey, man, I might be more introverted than I think. Like there might have even been extroversion way back then that came from, you know, a, a cycles and cycles of alcoholism in our family and having to be a distractor or, you know, what being the hero that might have been a root of that. And being able to let go of that allows you to let go of having to be the hero of the group, you know wow, you know, look at how much can be healed from just that awareness. So, I mean, those are just kind of bullet points, you know, quickly, but it, it, it all depends on each person, you know? It does. You're right. And of course, every situation is different. Yeah. Nobody okay. likes Everybody is like, no, don't tell me it depends. Well, sorry. Which <laughs> <laughs> is perfectly okay. I mean, you know, and in, in that awareness, we can communicate like, yeah you know, when I knew that what could happen, like I wanted, you know, Vanessa to know that it could possibly happen because I don't want to change the dynamics that we have and the magic and the alchemy that we do, we have within the two of us. And I was, I I wanted to protect that. So, you know, I'm aware of that. So, and another situation that came up was when I moved up here, there's a group of friends. There's like three of them with the with an occasional fourth that have dinner every Friday night. I was invited many eons ago when I used to visit. So I know these people, but when I, when I stepped into it, they, all of them garden, all of them garden. They have flower gardens, they have vegetable gardens. They have, they have pot gardens. They, they all have gardens. I have the blackest thumb you could ever find because I kill everything and I don't water things because I don't have that thought process and it <laughs> doesn't work for me. Yeah. So when we're at dinner and they're all talking about their gardens and they're all talking about what this does and what that is and, and how long that takes to germinate, whatever. And, and I'm just like, wow, I, I really felt like I didn't have a place in the group, yeah. but I was consistently thought that I was going to come and I had to really step into that space of, you know, I'm either going to just listen and be a silent part of the group, or I'm going to have to share my thoughts, or I'm going to have to like engage and ask questions, or maybe change the subject to include me. Because a lot of times people don't get it. People will, excuse me for a sec. Yes. Yes, that's true. You know, sometimes people don't get it in that awareness. Like I was happy that you brought that to me about like, hey, I'm excited about this, but let me tell you this about me so that you can keep an eye out because this is something I'm working on and you can only work on it when it shows up, right? Like this is what I tell clients about like, tell me what to do when I have a panic attack. I'm like, well, we can have, we can make a list, but until you have one, we're not going to know what works. So let's prepare and see what happens. Right. And, you know, and being in the group dynamic, it's like, you know, they don't, they, you know, I could have said, oh, well, they should have known and they should have included me and, and, and they should have, you know, talked about something else, but they, that's their love. And so I either had to be interested in what they love and also introduce other conversation because like whatever, or I had to feel, I, I had to sit in the feeling of not being included in the group. It was my choice. I think that's the biggest thing is that we realize we don't, we don't realize the power we have to change a group dynamic until we've stepped into the idea of it because the people are, are very important to me. 
Yeah. Being in the group is very important to me. The, mm-hmm. the people in it, I love dearly, all of them. And mm-hmm. I wanted to have that time with them because it was right. important to me. It's, it's friendship. It's cultivating that. Mm-hmm. And so I either needed to just be interested in what they were saying and be there and be silent and, and maybe ask questions, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Or I needed to add my own conversation to the group or right. my own topic that I know that most of them may like or may not like it doesn't there I had to speak up or shut up and right. it's like consciousness of it right because right. shutting up doesn't mean being not included right unless <laughs> that's your belief exactly. <laughs> sometimes being quiet in the group because I don't have anything to add isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah. I never remember half the things they talk about but like the fact that they it brings them so much passion and so much joy and it's their lifeline to their mental health wellness that i would never want to shut that down or to prevent that from happening because it's what speeds them it's what heals them and i am there for it i'm there for it because it's such a huge thing for them that it it's their survival and I'm not going to not want them to talk about it because of me. You know, I just know that when I want to feel part of the conversation, I just either need to ask questions or maybe introduce a, t- a new topic. Like when they wound down, when they've had their moment of talking about their gardens and their, their plants and, you know, and, and questions and answers and, oh, what happened? This happened. What do you think we should do? Or, you know, it's, yeah. this is their life yeah. and this well, is their coping, you know, with life. Yeah. And I think sometimes that comes from our sensitivity of not including other people because we know how it feels. Right. So it, it kind of goes 360, right? Like, so I know what it feels like to not be included. I also, because I know how that feels when I am in a group, I try to make everybody feel included, which is a people pleasing borderline for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And so then it goes in a cycle, right? So I may, I may stop talking about something that I'm passionate about because I feel like everybody is not included, but what am I doing? I'm making myself small, which is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And it goes in this big circle. And that's where that spinning has to stop. And, and like you said, sometimes you do for a little while, just take it in, right? Like, and listen to somebody because we know how that feels. Like, don't make yourself small because you think you're not important. However, we're not going to talk about this for five hours because I set aside five hours of my time to hang out with you guys. And I don't want to listen to this for five hours because I like to talk to you guys. So I may listen for a little bit and then introduce another topic, something maybe that we've all, you know, segue that to something that we've all done. So it's a mix of everything. You know, but I think again, that awareness of like, because I'm hypersensitive to it, I could very easily slip into the, well, they should know better. They should include me or they should change. And what you just said is that awareness of like, I'm I'm not going to expect that from people. I've got to speak up. I've got to speak up or put up and just listen because I'm interested or listen because it's not going to be that long. You know, they'll they'll talk about it for 10 minutes and we'll move on. You know, it's a judgment call in the moment, but it is that having to step outside of it and be like, this is not intentional exclusion. You know, those are the pathways that we're trying to let die off of. This is not intentional exclusion at all. They don't even know because they're in it, but I need to introduce myself, allow myself to exist in that space and not make myself small. And that's why it's so key to be aware of how you operate in group situations. And, and if group situations, you know, are just you in a group of people and not necessarily have connection and you have anxiety, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, I, I personally wear black tourmaline. It helps disconnect my energy from theirs. So I can be autonomous in, in the, in that type of dynamic. Um, but I also am very aware of that. I need to focus on what my, my point is in being in that group. If I'm like just going grocery shopping or say, for example, I'm in the mall 
Like I stay focused on my mission. Like, what is it I got to do? What am I here for? Not, let's not worry about the people around us. Just let's focus on what's important. And that's, you know, it's another way of getting my OPIC on my goal because sometimes facing the mall is all that I've got. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, it's the only solution. I have to go to the mall because I have this in the stores in the mall. Right. So, right. And it, I mean, the, there's something to be said too, for, you know, the, like we, you know, we've been talking about some of these wounds we haven't tried to heal because they didn't, we, the awareness isn't there. Right. Um, and, and it is my belief that when we are, when we are mostly healed, because I mean, we get little traumas all the time, you know, there's no such thing as I am totally healed and nothing will ever happen to me again that I'll have to heal from. It's impossible. <laughs> but when I say mostly healed, I think about, you know, like we've sealed up the past as accepted and, and, you know, done a lot of work to undo some of those negative thought patterns. We exist in spaces easy, more easily. You know, I've learned that about myself and that even, I mean, I haven't really tested out this new version of me that doesn't really enjoy groups very much. Um, but we'll see what happens, but it's that awareness of it. I'm not afraid to do it. I kind of, am like, well, if I don't have to do it, I won't. And I'm not, you know, but I'm not afraid anymore. You know, like I, I, I think, um, that's what happens is when you become mostly healed, you, you've already taken care of a lot of those stories that come up for you in those situations so that you can walk through the mall and be like, I'm not thinking about everybody looking at me because I've already done the work to be like, number one, it doesn't matter. Number two, they're probably doing the same thing that I'm doing, trying to get their shit done. Yeah. <laughs> they're not even looking at me. I'm yeah. a stranger passing by. They're not, they, if something happens to me, they're not going to remember that I was there to tell the police what I look like, you know, because that's how much they're not paying attention to me. But that comes from that healing, you know, and, and when you've done a lot of healing, you can exist in more spaces more comfortably, you know, and that's, um, that's why we do this. That's why we talk about it. And that's why we do it for ourselves on a regular basis. I mean, that's why at the beginning of this, I was like, let's talk about our personal stories because these are things that we're working on ourselves too you know, so that we can exist in more spaces. I can exist in groups and I have in forever, but I want to exist more comfortably. I want to be able to sit there. And if there's silence, let there be silence and not feel like I have to be the conversation starter. If I don't want to be, I want to sit there and stare off into the distance. I will, instead of thinking that I have to bring everybody together, you know, that that's awareness thing. That's and, and you know, and, and, understanding the narrative and catching yourself before you've completed the narrative, like completed the cycle of the narrative, because like, for example, like my narrative usually goes, Oh, you know, my narrative could have gone, Oh, well, Vanessa and, you know, and Ayla will form a bigger friendship and they'll realize they want to go off and do it together on their own. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to be part of that and that they're going to form a deeper friendship without me included. And that, and so then it'll break up for its angels and then I won't have this as part of my dynamic and, and, and then, you know, and then I'll lose Vanessa. And then it just, so there was a cycles that could have started happening in my brain. And then what I would do, because I was thinking of it, I would fulfill the cycle yeah. because of my actions. I would step back. I would allow it to happen. I would allow the, 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 um, the destruction of, of what was been built I would allow all of that to happen, but because I had started to hear some of that narrative come in my mind, I immediately knew I had to do something to prevent that narrative from coming to fruition. Yes. Yeah. And it's simple talking, right? Like simple communication of, Hey, here's my fear so that you can tell me what you think, right? Like, so that I can rewrite the story before it even gets written. (laughs) Exactly. And like, and to really stop that narrative before it gets a full head of steam because right. once you start it it's okay you have a like a period of time where you can derail it to yeah. a period of time where you're done you're in it you're already in it you're already there you're already believing what your brain is trying to tell you and and I think and that's why you know again that awareness is so key because and it's in even if you're just gaining awareness and, and things happen and you see it happen and it does derail something for you it's 
it's like you have that opportunity to step back and 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 still go and and take care of it share yeah. it and and you know and would if Vanessa was any other person could I have done that to her could I have shared that with her well first of all sorry friends um first of all I don't know that I would have created this platform with anybody other than somebody I ultimately trust and believed in. Mm. So I knew that off the bat. So I have enough trust and faith in her that she's going to be open in her heart to receive something I have to say that, or an issue that I may have that she's open to accept it and allow it to land within her being and for her to kind of give feedback of what she's hearing and, and to share how she feels in, in accordance to that, you know, that's to me is, you know, that's, that's why it's so successful mm-hmm. is because she, you know, there's an understanding, but she, I think also understands, I don't want to derail the magic that we create together and that she was respectful of that. So it's just really important in how you approach people. If you need to, mm-hmm. um, like in a situation, like I talked to Yeshua a lot about it. I said, look, I said, I don't do well in group situations. It's not something that you know, and I, and I talked to him about the challenges I have within, um, you know, the, the dinner group and stuff. And then some of them that I've had, and every now and again, it becomes a challenge again, but I understand that it's just my, oh, I need to re I need to reestablish myself within the group yeah. and how that is, is like, I need to speak up. I need to share. I need to share myself within it, put my magic into the pot. So it right. becomes like this, it becomes a different type of alchemy within the group because yeah. that's all they're doing too you know like is, is like that's that's all a group is doing is they're all adding their own personal selves into it and the reason why they're talking is because they're talking <laughs> you know like that's that's the thing about it is like well if I don't offer anything it's not gonna be there yeah. right like I have to I have to offer it and and sometimes that's risky I get that but like I said the mostly healed person is not afraid of risks because those stories have been either buttoned up or the awareness is there enough that we, like you were talking about, we catch ourselves in the cycles because what happens when we don't catch ourselves in the cycles? So we have a belief that's based on maybe an experience that happened. And we're like, this can definitely happen. I want, my brain is telling me, look out, look out, look out. It has happened to you before. It was horribly painful. We're not doing this again. Every single little thing looks like evidence of what that thing is and how it's going to happen. When we have the ability to stop ourselves, we can tell different stories about all those little things. I mean, I have a lot of, of clients and this doesn't necessarily have to do with groups, but it has to do with that concept of that self-fulfilling prophecy of, Hey, sure. If you believe that your partner is untrustworthy because you've been cheated on in the past, you are a hundred percent going to see all kinds of things as evidence or things to look for and all of this kind of thing, because that's where your brain is at. And you know what you're going to do. You're going to push that person away because nobody wants to be treated unfairly. You know, nobody wants to have that on their, their, that target on their back of like, I've decided because of my experience that this is what you are and that every little thing that maybe did happen before is evidence that you're going to do the same thing. If you can stop yourself in those moments and challenge it and say, well, what else could be happening here? Yeah, I have a story and I have an experience, but neutral observer, what does neutral observer tell me right now? You know, what would I tell somebody else that, that I knew was being super extra suspicious and I knew their partner was a good person? What would I tell them? I need to tell myself that right now. And that's the same thing in that group dynamic. So if I'm sitting in there and I'm saying, nobody wants to hear anything that I want to say, and then nobody asks me, I take that as a big hint of nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And it's like, well, you didn't say anything, dude. Like they don't know you want to say anything. (laughs) you haven't given any indication they think you want to be silent and listen because that's what you're doing if you want to be involved you must put yourself in the space to be involved and then do your evaluation if you say something and try to be part of it and you get cut out 
you have, then you do have the right to be upset. You do have the right to feel excluded. You do have the right to say, listen, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go take a break and go do something else for now because yeah, you, whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be mean or rude or whatever, but it usually comes out that way when we're hurt. Uh, <laughs> but still, you know, right. Then we have the right, like, Hey, I, I did, I did my intervention. I intervened on that, that thought process. I put something out there to get better evidence. And so now I can make a more informed decision, not just one based in trauma. And it's just, it's just a world of a difference when you become aware versus allowing those negative experiences and stories to continue to manifest because it's all you believe. It's a whole different story when you allow yourself to go, hey, maybe I'm not right about everything because one thing happened. There's probably a million other instances that happened well, but my brain's not afraid of those. So we're not on the lookout. (laughs) And you have to remember too, is that when we start to believe our, when we start to drink our own Kool-Aid and we believe what our brain's trying to tell us, you have to understand you've now put a lens in place that filters everything through that lens, making it look like what your narrative is saying. Like Vanessa said, you, you, you allow that lens to cover yourself, to cover Mm -hmm. your, your, your perception of everything. It's almost like that what do you call that? That re- receptacle or whatever that particular you know, activating system. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like you know when you have a blue car and you say, "Oh, everybody has a blue car." You know yeah. when when you when you it's almost the same thing, but your brain creates that sense of you know, oh, that person doesn't care about me. Well, then you're going to look at everybody else and you're going to start to see everybody else not caring about you. Sure, or assume that they don't right. care about you. And even if they show you that they care, you're going to go, you're faking. Yeah. <laughs> How many that's times I've heard that? Well, well, they're just being nice to me. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's, <laughs> like, but they don't have to be nice to you. So, <laughs> but it's how deep that story goes. Yeah. Yep. No, that was my total marriage from start to finish. <laughs> the disbelief of, of just somebody even loving or caring about that person. It was like, I could have like, you know, hung myself on a cross and been like, here, I'm dying because I love you. And then it wouldn't have worked. So, you know, it it didn't matter anything. So it can be very powerful. And it is, I mean, it it really is. And especially in group situations, it's a lot, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot of energy to, to swirl up, you know, to have, to have everybody's input in there. But it also can be really experience, a really good experience, really fun swirling you know, if we allow it to be that way. Sure. And, you know, and if you find yourself anxious in a grocery store, just focus, focus on internally, you know, you start to get anxious, do that, you know, that five sensory thing that everybody does, you know, five things you can see, four things you can feel, you know, whatever. I I don't remember the rest of it. (laughs) Three things you can smell. What is it? Touch, feel taste i think it's just one thing you can taste because i mean you know you lick things <laughs> in the store uh-uh. and here and here yeah okay so i did a couple of those are not in order yeah the grounding techniques mm-hmm. yep you know utilize them look for them online there's tons of them Absolutely. Tons of them. um and also just create your own yeah if you have a mantra you use and you're feeling anxious introduce your mantra to that moment you know, a lot of times I had to use the I am safe mantra and I just repeated that until I could not repeat it anymore. <laughs> and I just, but it would focus me on something else other than feeling unsafe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you are in a group situation that you're like kind of an individual in a sea of people and you do feel uncomfortable, leave, yeah. leave. That's the biggest thing is that you have the autonomy to just go. And it's okay because, you know, where I want to say, be careful about the narratives you give yourself, but if you step into a situation and it's a group situation and all of a sudden you get these thoughts and alarm bells, excuse me, coming on, going off and you kind of have this feeling of just unsafe. It's an anxiety. Trust that. Yeah. Trust Mm -hmm. it and leave because sometimes the only way to heal that is to leave the situation. Right. And evaluate it out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And 100%. there's many times I've left groceries and <laughs> cards in the middle of the aisles and I'm just like, I'm out. Because I knew there was something bigger than me happening. It was something yeah. bigger than just being in a crowd or group mentality. I just felt like something was happening. I was being triggered in some way that I didn't understand or wasn't aware of. Right. And so, well, yeah. yeah, you know, we you just have to. Therapy. You don't just jump off a cliff if you're afraid of heights, you know, you do little baby steps to get you through and you evaluate every single time. How did I feel? How did I work through it? And that, yeah, absolutely. You, you back off, you back off when it's too much that you can, we're not, we're not properly able to heal in fight or flight. No, no, no. And sometimes we're not properly able to see the situation for what it is in fight or flight. Yeah. Only highly trained military personnel are generally able to do that. And I, and even then, (laughs) right. That PT, that PTSD sets in and they lose it too. I mean, we're all human beings. And I think that's the, like the major part of when I say it depends, it's because we're all humans, man. Like we all can only access what we can in those moments. And the biggest thing that if, if I had to say something that, applies across the board it's the pause yep across the board if you can practice the pause it's the most important part of any situation stop (laughs) just stop everything (laughs) because i need to evaluate and if that means physically remove myself i can do so politely and walk away so that i can evaluate this and i can come back and communicate when i feel like i have it all together because I want those people most of the time. I mean, we don't go back to the grocery store and be like, hey, here's the reason why I left my groceries here. Yes. Of course, those people don't need the explanation. But our friends, maybe. Hey, you know, I was having a rough night that night. I was just, I was, I was all up in my head and I just needed to go clear myself. I love you guys. You know, it's not about you. Yeah. And I know and- that, that when they leave, it's not about them. <laughs> that when you leave, it's not about them. <laughs> And if you know you're going into a group situation, say, for example, you know you're going to go to a concert or you know you're going to an event or you know that you're going to be in a situation where there's a lot of people, do the work beforehand in order to protect yourself. Like do the rituals, the whatever it is that you, however you feel protected to maneuver through it in a way that's successful. You know, you're going to a concert with your friend and be like, dude, I just want you to know, I just, I I have anxiety about being in a crowd. You know, if I feel anxious or if I kind of do this, will you kind of, you know, get me out of my, my, my brain, you know, get me out of my mental conversations and, you know, and really kind of help me dial it in. And, you know, you can ask your friends to do that. And, you know, some friends will, and some friends won't. I mean, like Yeshua and I know, we know, like, when we're in a situation, we kind of look at each other and we give each other that sense of like, yeah, it's, it's deep, it's, it's rough. And so we are both aware of each other and maybe how to help each other to get through that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it's not unheard of that you can plan for situations like that. Absolutely. Um, And you should, because we don't want to, especially when we're really, really, you know, when we're really high anxiety people or we really panic and we're not good in the moment a plan is better. Uh, one plan is better than nothing. Two plans is, you know, best. I think, you know, if we can, if we can add into, but you, yeah. And it, it does two things, right? Like it gives you an out when you need one, but it also lessens your anxiety going in because you're like, I have a plan. <laughs> I have an escape, right? Like I can go into a lot of situations if I know I have an escape, yeah. you know, if I, if I feel like I'm going to walk into a trap, that's not, I'm not going to want to do that. And I'm certainly not going to behave in a calm manner in the trap. <laughs> right. When you've given yourself permission to change your mind and leave or even change your situation, it's the biggest empowerment you can give yourself to navigate through these moments. I think that we realize we, we get into that idea that if we're there, we're stuck there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have the ability or the autonomy to just to go, you know what? I don't want to be here. I'm leaving. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because again, you know, and and to get back into this book, the book is called Quiet by Susan Cain. It's, it's, I'm I'm not that far into it because I'm I'm all over the place with projects right now, but I'm far enough into it that it's kind of that, like, it's just like, 
this this world has curated an ideal that a lot of us actually don't fit in and that's why we have so much unrest and that's why we have so much like identity crisis and so much midlife crisis and stuff like that is because we're we we throw ourselves into places where we don't want to be we throw ourselves into places and feel like we have to be there and that there's no choice of escape because it's not the right thing to do or it's not whatever you know that narrative is and that 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 feeling of power and that autonomy that you're talking about is so important because it's my life you know and and if i'm not happy that's what matters more than if somebody's upset that i left the group they're not going to be upset forever especially if it's a group they're going to get through it they're going to live they're going to be just fine and if they have to be upset and carry a negative narrative because i'm taking care of myself i'm going to reevaluate that friendship as well I should, because I don't want to, to be in relationships where I'm not allowed to take care of myself, right. you know? And that's, you know, sometimes the hard truth, but I think a lot of times people experience it in the opposite, that once they realize, you know, this is my good friend group, they're like, oh, <laughs> wow, that's a story I made up and I feel a little embarrassed because look at my beautiful friends <laughs> that don't think that negative thing about me. Right. Right. And, you know, and the thing of it is, is that when we are able to either empower ourselves to approach a situation in a way that's, you know, equitable for us, that we can, I don't know, it's just, it, it's freeing because if we know that we can make ourselves feel safe in situations and create safety in situations that we never would have thought, it gives, it lends us to the idea of, like, wow, maybe I could do that in all situations. As you grow, as you learn, as you become more confident in what you're doing and how you're dealing with group situations, maybe it just becomes a non-issue after a while. Yeah. And, and if you step into more spaces because you feel safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, maybe you're wicked safe and that one thing that triggers your childhood comes up and you feel like, oh my sh- I thought I did this. I thought I fixed this. You know, it's like, no, no, it's not that you didn't fix it or you don't know how to deal with it. It's just that it's just a new layer. Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry if y'all can hear the vacuuming that's going on in the hallway. Oh, we can hear it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, maybe I should mute. Seems a little loud to me, but um, yes. (laughs) what you're saying is exactly true is that we really, you know, those, 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 I mean, not to continuously point at our childhood selves, but we do. I mean, that's where most of this stuff is learned. And then we do exactly what we were talking about is we find evidence along the way that sometimes isn't even true, man. Like what we learn as kids about that whole thing make, may make us never be a public speaker ever again because of that one experience. When, if we can, step into a more empowered place, we might become a really great public speaker. You and I have talked about this when we decided to put ourselves out there of like, we're doing some work right now against some beliefs of, you know, falsehoods and, you know, things about us that maybe we judge harshly and don't want to put out there for other people to judge harshly and just, you know, all kinds of narratives that we're healing by saying, okay, no, we can make ourselves safe and we're going to, we're going to challenge that, that little childhood thing that was written and rewrite it and let, and, and then, and here I can show up, in space. I can show up in a video. I can show up with my voice. I can, I can show up in all of those places and be valuable. I don't have to hide those things because of what I believe somebody may or may not say. And, you know, and just go into public speaking. I mean, that was, a, that's a, that was a secret desire for me for a very long time was to be a public speaker. Yeah. So, and I don't do it because I'm afraid of group situations <laughs> where I'm the, I'm on the spotlight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, it, it can be really terrifying, especially when you don't feel like, you know, when you, when you don't feel like what you say is valid, when you're judging all kinds of things about yourself, there's the, you know, the imposter syndrome that, you know, I think everybody goes through here and there, depending on what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really, I think it kills a lot of dreams 
you know, all of our, our past experiences. And that's why I love to go backwards with people and be like, mm, we're rewriting that story. As soon as I hear it, like my clients know, like they'll say something and I'll make a noise and they're like, oh no, <laughs> like, we're about to go back in time, aren't we? Like, yes, we are. And not only are we going back in time, then we're going to pretend land, which, you know, I, I call it like future land, pretend land. Like we go from past experience and try to make a new story. And then we go directly into, well, what do you want? You know, like let's dream because we're bridging that gap right quick right now, <laughs> you know, and just so that we don't leave anything hanging and just kind of tie those things together. Um, it's, it's the way, you know, I see it happen over and over again. It's the way, it's the way that I heal myself. It's the way that others, you know, learn from me to heal and, if there's nothing else that you got from this podcast, I want you to know that we understand that this is difficult. We a hundred percent get it, but we also truly believe that what we're saying is, is the way out that this is the, the, the truth of the matter is that we can choose and we can exist in groups and we can choose to not exist in groups and that either way, it's going to be fine once we start to heal these things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's Thanks beautiful. Thanks for listening to us, guys. <laughs> I know. I feel like we kind of worked out a lot of stuff. You know, we threw in some tools in there and stuff, but I think it, you know, again, that process that we go through sometimes is so valuable. You know, we do hear that, that it's nice to hear that we are real people yeah. really talking about real stuff that happens yeah. and how we handle it. <laughs> We're not just conceptualizing it. We live it. And yeah. it's, you know, we we definitely live it at certain points of the day right <laughs> you know it's like I know and I the group situation thing like it's just I think it's important for us to bring awareness around and just to help people understand that there there is a light at the end of the tunnel there is you can be part of group situations sometimes mm -hmm. it's not going to be easy but sometimes it's going to be okay yeah. and it's how you prepare and your awareness around it that brings you the most success. Yeah. Yeah. And allowing yourself to regain power right. of your existence in every space and knowing that you, there are no traps. Exactly. And without judgment, no judgment, because yeah. we all have something. We, there's always, we all have something that makes us kind of, you know, feel a little off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we always say, when we talk about that, we embrace the child. We don't just yell at the child and say, Hey, what you learned is wrong. We embrace the child and be like, Hey, you know, it was unfair that you, that you learned this, but we're changing that story today. <laughs> Heal the fear so that it becomes an empowered adult. Right. And that empowered adult may avoid <laughs> groups. I mean, that may be the thing, you know, again, like going back to this book, I'm like that introvert thing really, you know, there's a lot of people out there because when you think about it, this in this day and age, we're in groups more often than ever. Yeah. We're in large groups more often than ever. We are in evaluation based groups more than ever. You know, it's not just tribe like it used to be where you, these were your people and everybody had their role and it was all good. And um, they were small and they were the same people all the time or most of the time. I mean, those days are gone. <laughs> there are days of new energy, different energy constantly. And so it's hard. And so we have to do different things to navigate them, but it all comes down to being centered in ourselves, knowing, being aware, being mostly healed, practicing the pause, being the witness. I mean, we say these things over and over again, guys, because the same concepts fit in just about every one of these, these situations that we bring up. True story. True story. Well, we hope you've learned something or at least feel like you're not alone in the situation. And, and if you need us, and if you have further questions, maybe you're unsure of how to handle your situation when it comes to groups, reach out to us. We're happy to help. Remember, we go on live Facebook every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, which is 9 p.m. Eastern time. And we will continue to bring our special guest, Ayla, in as she on the lives and, and on the podcast when we sort that out. We're still kind of ironing the details out. So 
once you can't figure out what that looks like. (laughs) So once you figure that out, you'll see, and you'll see her more consistently, but you know, we love her and we're glad that she's kind of bringing her magic to Freud's angels. But until next week, we love you. Take care of yourselves and know that, you know, you're not the only one that doesn't like a group dynamic. Even even those of us that teach <laughs> are teaching ourselves. Yes. <laughs> we're not alone. <laughs> love you. Take care. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's Angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.